This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're tuned in to an all-new edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett, at Spirit, been on Twitter, no Bradley Sal today. We got together, we couldn't decide what a show would even be without a game on Saturday. But I came up with something just for you. I created a show out of thin air. Some recruiting momentum for Ole Miss football, so David Johnson's going to come on. Not for a recruit check, he's basically the co-host of today's show. And then on the Modern Women phone line, it's Brian Haydad. Because what's the next game for Ole Miss football? It's the Egg Bowl. Can you believe it? Before we get into any of it, let me tell you about my bookie. Late fall college ball, the NBA bubble, and UFC Fight Island. It's clear 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table slot and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use my promo code, TOC, for Talk of Champions, TOC, to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 into your account. If you are already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. Remember the promo code, TOC. Talk of Champions, T-O-C. It's winning season at my bookie, So come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. It's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. Today's guest is Brian Haydad on the Modern Woman phone line. Coming up in just a little bit, David Johnson. He's going to join me as today's guest co-host because Bradley Sal, he's out today. He's out on assignment or we just couldn't figure out what to talk about. So Bradley Sal, he's not here. David Johnson, he's coming up. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I also write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OleMissSpirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Some recruiting momentum for Ole Miss football. 
but I don't cover recruiting anymore. David Johnson does, and he joins me now. David, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing good, Ben. Good to be with you. No game this weekend. You bummed? Well, you know what? Uh, it is the age that we live in. We never know what's going to happen from week to week nowadays. And uh, kind of gotten used to it, to be honest with you, even though it's the Rebels' first game that's been postponed uh, this season. Uh, you know, we're kind of flying by the seat of our britches and have been ever since uh, this COVID stuff started way back in February. Ole Miss is supposed to have three more games. Do you think it gets three more games? I do. I do. I mean, you know, Ole Miss is one of the fortunate programs uh, inside the SEC that really haven't they, – they have not had to deal with widespread COVID issues. Nothing on the Ole Miss side of the fence that's caused a game to be postponed or anything like that. Uh, they're, sure, there have been some COVID cases inside the program and lots of them, but uh, no games have been in jeopardy by fault of the Rebels. This was on Texas A&M side of the fence, and uh, you know, hopefully Ole Miss can uh, continue to keep its nose clean the rest of the way and uh, get the Egg Bowl in, go down to LSU, and uh, then maybe this uh, Texas A&M game will be rescheduled. The next game is Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl, with games left and not on Thanksgiving. It feels different, right? This does not feel like a normal build-up to Egg Bowl week. It feels just like a normal every yeah. other week. Yeah, it feels really different for me in particular because, uh, uh, you know, we don't have a football game to go to on Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, we don't have a kid playing on Thanksgiving this year. And that's been that way since uh, since our kid was in ninth grade because they always had a, a playoff game the Friday night afterwards. And no uh, – no football for the Rebels on Thanksgiving this year. That it feels feels a little odd. Kind of felt funny. I was talking to my wife the other night about, you know, hey, go ahead and go get some turkey and some dressing because we have not the last what five years, five years in a row, not done a traditional Thanksgiving dinner because we were either on the road to Starkville or getting ready for the game here in Oxford, and uh, so it's going to be a change of pace, nice change of pace. As a matter of fact, my six-year-old. As far as her memory goes back, is about to have her first traditional Thanksgiving dinner. I feel ashamed to say that, but we've been at football games for the past umpteen years at Thanksgiving. That's wild because your daughter is what, six yeah. now? Seven? Six. Six yeah. years old and uh, about to have her first real traditional Thanksgiving. Well, I'm happy for you. Ole Miss basketball plays on Thanksgiving, so I- I'm still going to be working. Uh, yeah, so that'll be. I'm be something. thinking about you there, man. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Well, I'm sure you will while you're stuffing your face. Exactly, but the women have a game Wednesday night, so I'm not completely, you know, in the clear for the entire holiday period there. Well, because there is no game, Brian Haydad's which coming I had up. to remind you of this yes. morning, by the way. Yes, yes, but because there is no game this weekend, Brian Haydad coming on just a little bit to preview the Egg Bowl and to just talk about Ole Miss and Mississippi State. In the weirdness of the build-up to the Egg Bowl, I thought the only way to get a show in that wasn't talking about God knows what was to bring you on because there is some recruiting movement happening. Steve Wilfong, he covers recruiting nationally for 247 Sports. He had two stories this week posted to the Ole Miss Spirit about some momentum for Ole Miss with particular prospects Tell me what's going on, or for the people that don't really pay attention all that much, and I include myself among those people, what's going on? Yeah, in particular, uh, Steve Wilfong was talking about Luke Altmeyer, Starkville High School quarterback currently committed to Florida State. Uh, he has cast his crystal ball, as has Tom Loy, two national analysts there, for an Altmeyer flip from FSU to Ole Miss. 
I will point out Yancey and I were months ahead of the curve. On yes, that. yes. We we flipped him from Florida State to Ole Miss uh, many many weeks ago, and uh, you know I I think it's going to happen at this point, and it's good on a couple of fronts. Number one, he looks to be a perfect fit for what Lane Kiffin is doing offensively here at Ole Miss. Now we fully expect Matt Corral to be here next year. He's going to stick around for another year, I think. Pretty sure of that. Uh, I don't think it's Omar a guarantee, though. Like, I don't think it's a guarantee either. I don't. Uh, I, I feel like the meter's on the on the stay side of the gauge right now, though. Uh, now, if he throws for 500 yards against Mississippi State, which he well could, and 500 against LSU, which he well could, that meter may move over to the probably going to go side. But I think he's going to stay right now. But my point being, Luke Altmaier, could be the heir apparent to Matt Corral at Ole Miss. He's that good. He's that kind of quarterback. I think he slides right in seamlessly. Uh, you know, and that's not to discount guys on the roster right now, such as Kincaid Dent uh, and uh, and uh, Renfro. I'm not discounting those guys whatsoever because you know how many times I've seen them throw the ball this year? Zero. Zero. Haven't been to a practice. <laughs> but um, you know what? Uh, Luke Altmaier would be an incredible get for the Rebels because of that reason and also because he's a little bit, well, I ain't going to say a little bit, he, he would be a lot of saving grace from inside the state of Mississippi uh, to be able to pull the state's number three overall prospect, uh, particularly out of Starkville High School for obvious reasons. And the last kid we got out of Starkville, he turned out to be pretty good. He did. And um, Luke Altmaier was in it's town. Almost, it's almost like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on you, but it's almost like when Ole Miss came oh so close to having Deuce McAllister and Eli Manning mm. in the same backfield, mm. Starkville High came pretty darn close to having Luke Altmaier and A.J. Brown in the same offense. That's a tough one if you're a state fan tuned in for Ben Garrett and Brian Haydad breakdown of the Egg Bowl. Now you're hearing that. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's tough to swallow. Um, yeah. Luke Altmaier yeah, no was in town on Saturday for the Texas A&M game. There was pictures with him and Eli Acker, Ole Miss offensive lineman. What's the connection there, and um, what do you make of him being in town? Is that just further cement that the interest that you have been talking about on this podcast and on the Ole Miss Spear for so long is very much real? Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, you know, Eli Acker is from that Golden Triangle area from Columbus, uh, played at Columbus Heritage High uh, Academy over over there. And uh, naturally, these two guys, both of them ballers, would know each other they're both very close in age and to me you know the biggest thing is Altmaier inside bought Hemingway Stadium on Saturday he bought his on ticket he's interested he's watching what Lane Kiffin is doing with the quarterback position how Matt Corral has become the toast of the town how Matt Corral and I thought Lane made a good point earlier this week we would be talking about Matt Corral in the Heisman race if not for that Arkansas game right now I mean, and a couple more wins. Let's just say Ole Miss beat Arkansas, and they very well could have. Ole Miss beat Auburn, and they very well could have. Well, that kind of flips the script on the wins and losses. More people paying attention to Ole Miss. And if Matt Corral had not had that six-interception game, man, can you imagine what his stat sheet would look like right now, Ben? I mean, this guy, and Lane said this too, and he's very, very accurate. You can't teach what Corral's doing with some of these sidearm throws. That remind everybody of the guy who's the biggest name in the NFL right now, Patrick Mahomes. Now he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's something like Patrick Mahomes. He's got a skill set very similar to Patrick Mahomes. 
and uh, particularly when you're talking about throwing the football. And, Improvisation uh, is a part of his game, like Patrick Mahomes. I'll give you that. Yes, it is. It is. No, no, no. The arm angles and everything. Then when he's throwing back across his body sidearm like that, there aren't but two people that come to mind to me right now in all of football that can do that. I'm sure there's uh, others, but that's Patrick Mahomes and Matt Corral. And Josh Allen. Tell me and somebody else. Josh Allen. Okay, okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But it is a rare skill, a, a rare ability. And, uh, you know, that's what that's what kind of scares me in this uh, – I guess I don't, it's not really instant gratification, but in this age of football where so much is about the, the surface bubble, so to speak, people in the NFL know Matt Corral has drawn a comparison to Patrick Mahomes from Lane Kiffin. That holds water. And that, uh, that in itself is going to cause NFL GMs and, and scouts to look at Matt Corral a little bit harder. And if they like what they see, we go back to that meter again. It could tip over to the maybe going to go scale. I'm I'm predicting it's not. I think Matt Corral is going to come back to play his uh, second sophomore season. I guess yeah, second sophomore season next year. He would only be a sophomore next year. We're just going to wait and see. But that's going to be an interesting December January story angle for us to follow. I think I'm on the other side of that, but it is razor thin right now. But if he finishes with performances like he's put up in back-to-back wins, and the rest of them, I, I think he's gone, especially considering that his favorite target, I think a 90% completion rate to Elijah Moore, that guy's going to be gone, no doubt. It's going to be a tougher decision than I think a lot of Ole Miss fans are giving it credit for. Okay, anyway, back to recruiting. If Altmeyer does flip, does that in any way impact Deion Smith, Isaiah Brevard, Brandon Buckhalter, Jalen Shedd, anybody like that? Yeah, that's a good question. Good question. I know that there is communication between Deion Smith's camp and Ole Miss's camp. Um, so there's a possibility there. But the guy I feel really good about of all that you mentioned is Brandon Buckhalter. And I think that could happen regardless of what Luke Altmaier does. I don't know that there's any kind of connection between Buckhalter and Altmaier. Could very well be. But, uh, but I think Brandon Buck- Buckhalter is, is itchy. Uh, to come back over to the good side, so to speak. Of course, he's committed to Mississippi State right now, was once committed to Ole Miss. I know how much Brandon likes Ole Miss. I've talked to Brandon probably as much as I've talked to anyone in this 21 class. He plays for the Mississippi Heat. Uh, For a buddy of mine who is uh, Marcus Dent, who runs FBU and coaches the Heat here in Mississippi. And um, I I ran that scenario by, by Marcus Dent earlier this week. And uh, he just kind of laughed and said, I think you might be right. And that's all he said. He's not going to talk a whole lot of recruiting about his kids. But Brandon Buckhalter, I think, is, is kind of leaning towards, towards doing exactly that. Now, he's got a cousin at Mississippi State, Malik Heath. I don't think that's necessarily going to be a, a, a determining factor for Brandon. I think he fell in love with Ole Miss first. I think he's going to go back to his first love. MJ Daniels was one time committed to Ole Miss. Now he's committed to Mississippi mm-hmm. State. It feels like yeah. the trend there is in Ole Miss's favor. Is that fair? Well, I think it is, and and, and it's hard. It's hard not to think so when you look at uh, what's what's going on at Mississippi State right now, with so many kids opting out and getting in the transfer portal. They had another one today, Nathan Pickering. Remember the former five-star defensive tackle from Mississippi. 
It's announced today he's going, he's opting out for the rest of the year. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know that anybody knows what that means right now, but he's not going to finish this season. Can we go uh, ahead and today. say it that back when Fabian Lovett and Jerry and Jones were leaving Mississippi State and were coming to Ole Miss that Nathan Pickering was considering doing the same? Can we say that now? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Didn't enter the portal now. Don't get the two confused, but he opted out. And uh, we'll see. So, you know, and, and again, I don't know what's going on on the other side of the fence of this rivalry as as good as people who cover that program do. But from afar, it just looks a little bit in havoc right now. And, uh, you know, can they stop that and, and change that narrative? They being Mississippi State when December and January rolls around, uh, that remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of like how the stretch run for Ole Miss is looking right now. It's hard, though, and I'm putting myself in the shoes of an Ole Miss fan who's probably been burned a couple of times the last two cycles or maybe three. A lot of buildup to December, even into February, only to miss out on a lot of these guys. Why should they not then have some pause about them that all of this perceived momentum is actually going to go Ole Miss's way? Yeah, first of all, when it comes to recruiting, you always need to have some pause about things because – you know, I've been one of those guys uh, reporting on, on, on Ole Miss recruiting. And, you know, you can have the best of sources. And, and, and really all they can offer you up is their opinion on what's going to happen in terms of uh, what, what any particular kid is going to do. Um, you know, I think it's fair to say Yancey and I have, have both kind of pulled the reins back on the horses a little bit this year because it's been such a weird year, Ben. It's hard for me to feel good about a kid from New Jersey coming to Ole Miss that I know has never visited here, that he's about to to marry up on online dating, as I like to call it. That's what recruiting has been reduced to right now. A couple of Zoom chats tonight, you know, text messaging, sending sweet nothings across the uh, the interwebs. And uh, it's hard for me to get real excited about that. Now, kid like Luke Altmaier, Mississippi kid, Bought himself a ticket to come watch Ole Miss plummet South Carolina, pummel South Carolina. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, and it's easy to do. But one thing that, you know, and I put this story up today about Luke Altmaier, and you mentioned it when we headed into this podcast, national analysts uh, who don't have necessarily any red and blue in their blood, so to speak, are forecasting guys like Talik Robbins, and Luke Altmaier to come to Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, I think that speaks very, very loudly. Um, if you look across the crystal ball spectrum on the front page of the Ole Miss Spirit today, it's crystal ball after crystal ball for Talik Robinson and Luke Altmaier to end up being Ole Miss Rebels. And I think that's certainly something that can be construed, as well as uh, Taiwan Malone, uh, as a positive sign right now. We'll get right back to David Johnson in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Celebrate. Ole Miss football, it's here. We made it. We made it. Yeah, the season looks a little different, but some normalcy has returned. Now's as good a time as any then to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Think about it. Riding around in your new Jeep Gladiator, your Ole Miss car flag flying on your way to see the Rebels play, can you believe it, in style. 
Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford has you covered. And no, you don't have to worry about COVID-19. They're open for all of your vehicle needs, taking extra precautions to ensure your car buying process is as seamless and safe as possible. Even better, they're offering customers the opportunity to purchase a vehicle completely over the phone or the internet with the delivery to your home. You pick out the vehicle you like. Simply contact them by phone, email, through the website, and they'll prepare the paperwork. Review it with you on the phone and bring it and your vehicle to your home to finalize. So what are you waiting for? Why not? Why not now? Give them a call. 662-638-0044. That's 662-638-0044. Visit them online at allensamuelsoxford.com or see them in person. Socially distance, of course, at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. You jumped into my next question, which was about Talik Robbins, three-star defensive tackle. Ole Miss needs as many defensive tackles as possible. And I know that once the one-time penalty-free transfer goes into effect in January, that of any coach in college football, Lane Kiffin will be one of the very most aggressive, and defensive line will be among the positions that he attacks, if he doesn't attack that one most of all. But Talik Robbins, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Ole Miss and Texas A&M, why right now is there such... I guess momentum is the only word for it. Momentum for Ole Miss with him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Rebels have surged late, and I think to a guy like Robbins, he wants to go somewhere he can make an immediate impact. And guess what? Ole Miss has got like four or five busloads worth of opportunity to make an immediate impact on their defensive line. And uh, Tariq Robbins is a real deal. I mean, he's a high three-star guy. Uh you know, maybe not the biggest name on the national scene, but look at his offer sheet then. You mentioned it's down to Ole Miss and Texas A&M. But, I mean, Auburn, Arizona State, Baylor. Uh, it's a who's who of blue bloods of college football on his offer sheet. These coaches know he can play, all right? And this is a guy at six foot three, 300 pounds, could come in and uh, help change the fortunes of the Ole Miss defense immediately. Now, that's hard for a guy in the trenches to do but it's easier for a defensive tackle than it is for an offensive lineman. And, uh, you know, if they could land to Robbins, oh my goodness, that, that'd be huge. I think I said something to the effect I would shave my head or something a few months back when uh, somebody asked me uh, if I thought they'd get to leak Robbins. So I may have to get the razor out. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be the one that actually got to shave. Your head. I'll let you do it. I'll let yeah. you shave it, and uh, you can we can YouTube it or something. That's what I'm saying. It'd be great content, and we could put it on the front page of the Ole Miss Spirit. Because another we'll guy, it. we'll do it. Okay. The, we'll another it. guy you've been no. talking about for a long time on this podcast is Tywon Malone. There's a unique thing here, and that's that he's also a big time baseball prospect, and the appeal of like it was with Jerrion, like it was to a lesser extent, but also with John Rice Plumley. Ole Miss baseball factors into this, and that's why, unlike other potential landing spots for him, like a Florida State that's definitely in there, or Rutgers or Tennessee or Texas A&M, Ole Miss could have a built-in advantage, but also they've done a good job recruiting him because this is someone I've heard you talk about countless times. Yeah, no doubt, and I go back to this national analyst perspective. Okay, Brian Doan, national analyst for 247 Sports, has Taiwan Malone crystal ball to Ole Miss. Okay. Now, these guys, look, they're paid on their accuracy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're not a, a, a good crystal ball guy as a national analyst, what, what is your worth? So they don't do this lightly. 
Brian Doan thinks he's coming to Ole Miss. So, uh, you know, again, man, you pair him with Tariq Robbins, and all of a sudden, and look, Malone, yeah, you talk about his baseball prowess. He is a four-star football prospect, mm. number five defensive tackle in the nation, according to the composite index. And, uh, I mean, that's something that, you know, you start piling these guys up, Tariq Robbins, Brandon Buckhalter, Altmeyer, Taiwan Malone. You know, we may have to have a party on signing day because this could be a, a very, very good class and credit them if they come through. Okay. I mean, I mean, look, dirt on their face, mud on their shoes if they don't come through with these guys. But if they do give Lane Kiffin, Chris Partridge, that entire staff credit because, man, you couldn't see this coming back in September. You could not see this coming. I'm not saying it is coming, but I'm saying now you can look over the horizon and you can see maybe how they break in and have a top 30, top 25 class. A big reason for that is in the age of COVID where they have to do everything over Zoom. They were already, as a first-year staff, at a distinct disadvantage, but there are other first-year staffs that have had more success up to this point. So for Ole Miss, we've said this for a long time, they needed to put it out there on the field. They needed to show offensively that Lane Kiffin's offense is everything it was built to be. And defensively, they knew... More they gonna, than it was built to be. Yeah. And then defensively, more. they knew that they were going to be not very good and that they could sell that as, guys, we need help right now. Worse than not very good. Yeah. So... <laughs> If you're, throw that in there. Yeah, if you're Taiwan Malone, look, we need help right now, and they can sell that. So with three games left, that makes some sense, too, that now that you can actually put it on film. But one guy that was really interesting to me, and I was reading this. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and if they get Taiwan Malone, you know the Ole Miss marketing machine is going to start cranking out the Big Hurt number 2 yes. uh, stuff all over social media. Yes, yes. Kind of well, where, do you, where do you play him? Where do you play him on the baseball diamond? Oh, first base and DH. First base. First base and DH. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's no that's... shortstop or center field no. in Taiwan Malone's future. <laughs> yeah. Love that name, too. Love that name. That's one of the best names in this class. Taiwan Malone. Not Tyrone Malone. Taiwan Malone. Love it. Great name. Anytime anybody can name their kid in a way that rhymes, I'm all for it. <laughs> So one name that has popped up that I didn't really pay attention to. Look, I've said this before. It alludes to a point you made earlier about sourcing and how it works. Cam Akers retired me from this. So I, again, am learning this Ooh. on the fly with you whenever I bring you on to tell me about recruiting. So this trend, wait, wait what is you this You can't name? bring Cam Akers up without describing the scene. Now, you were down there that yeah. night. It was at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame Museum. Yeah. I was down there that night. We were working for... for Different sites at the time. Yeah. But I'm standing there over in the corner, and um, I see Cam's mom walk out in this beautiful, gorgeous yep. garnet dress. Yep. And I'm like, okay, maybe maybe her sense of red was just off. <laughs> sense of red off. Everything's cool. <laughs> then out walks Cam in a, in, a, in a Florida State gold tie, and I want to say he had garnet pants on. Uh, if I'm remembering correct, but anyway, it was Florida State gear, okay, draft. So it's garb, so to speak, draft garb. Uh, and I sunk. I just, I mean, my stomach started turning over. And of course, we had been huddled up. You were there, I was there. I think Chase Parham was there, and we were all huddled up over there in the corner during the 
moments leading up to this, and we were all nervous about it. We were all nervous about it. Because you can uh, only go by your sourcing, and even five minutes before that. Sourcing. Yeah. It was strong. Yes, it was still strong. It It was was going against every instinct of mine. I'm looking at what's happening in front of me. Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining, and yet here we were. Yeah, yeah. Hugh Freeze that night was in Colorado watching things unfold. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Me and Chase, I remember because Chase rode with me, and honestly, it took maybe two seconds. But as he was pulling the hat up, he didn't even have to put it on his head. I knew that it was Florida State because I was already one foot out the door because I saw his mom and him could tell what was happening. So I'm like, okay, look, man, we just need to go ahead and get a jump on this. Pack your stuff. Don't even unpack your stuff. He's going to Florida State, even though everyone's telling us this is what's happening. And the minute that hat came up, barely from underneath the table, I was out the door. I was gone. I was I was in my car. How would you have liked to have had a, a camera on Hugh Freeze at that moment? Oh, I'd have given anything. I'd have given anything, and, and God love him. But Derek Nix, Derek Nix, just to have a yeah. I mean, he's the one that recruited that dude for years. Well, look, Derek was as surprised as we were. Now let's yeah. let's just call it the way it is. Yeah, yeah. Everybody on the Ole Miss side was they were surprised, and um, I had the dubious uh, misfortune of telling the Florida State site, they asked if uh, I would interview Cam and send them the video after uh, the announcement. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, if you guys get him, yeah, sure, I'll send it to you. So I had to stay there and interview him. Oh, my God. And it sucked. It sucked. It absolutely sucked. And then, of course, on the way home, I monitored my message board via my telephone as well as I could while driving down uh, I-55 and – I guess I didn't even get outside of uh, the Metro Jackson area before I, I, I fully realized and it registered on me. This is going to be a major meltdown by mm-hmm. the fan base. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and by the book, and we went by the book, we did everything perfectly. And when I say we, I'm talking about me, you, Yancey, everybody. The way it had worked. Leading up to that. Every other year before that. In 2013, me and Yancey put in our predictions as we had always done, I went seven for seven, seven for seven. And then there started to be some cracks in the sourcing, starting with Jeffrey Simmons. And then Cam Akers retired me. Yeah. And Jeffrey Simmons, again, again, well, you can have good information from your sources, but you can't control. You cannot control what's in a kid's head. Barney Farrar was personally just absolutely dejected when Jeffrey didn't end up at Ole Miss. I'll just put it that way. I'll tell you this. At 12.30 in the morning of signing day, now I'm not talking about 12.30 right after noon. I'm talking about right after midnight, 12.30. Ole Miss was 100% sure Yep. they had Jeffrey Simmons. Yep. It was over. It was done 100%. And something changed before then. And he walked out wearing that very colorful uh, – uh, outfit in which he signed with at uh, uh, that day at um, good old uh, Knoxville County High School. Oh, that was a fun trip down memory lane. Okay, so last <laughs> one before we jump to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Brian Haydad. So this four-star linebacker committed to South Carolina. Lane Kiffin beats Will Muschamp in South Carolina, and then Will Muschamp gets fired a few days later, or maybe the day after. All the days are running together in the days of COVID. Um, this four-star linebacker, this Trinalius Tatum, I think, if I pronounced that correctly, Ole Miss is now trending for him. That's a position of need. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Again, I mean, look, if you're sitting at home and you're a high school kid watching this, the Rebels look fun right now, right? They're scoring a lot of points, and regardless of the defense, they're scoring a lot of points. They're looking good doing it, man. I mean, look, everybody, and I'm not a big powder blue guy in terms of the jerseys, but everybody loves that uniform. Uh, you know, and that's a big part of recruiting. Oregon started all that stuff with their relationship with Nike. And now everybody's doing it. You know, you tradi- uniform traditionalists out there, sorry, but you can't do that anymore unless you're Alabama, unless you're winning national championships all the time. We've yeah. even seen LSU on occasion throw a curveball into their uniform. Look, equation. I know Ole Miss Sports fans love play. those gray pants, but you got to go with what the kids want. Yeah, if you want to win, if winning means everything, if winning trumps what uniform you wear, you got to go with it, man. You got to go with it. Yeah. Tatum, if he's the last piece of this current wave, if we want to call it that, did they finish in the top 25? If all of this happens. Very well. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of moving parts out there, Ben. And I think as the rubber hits the road, as we get closer to that December early signing period, I think you're going to see some kids who made decisions way early go, you know what? I haven't been there. I haven't seen the place. I want to go somewhere I'm familiar with and maybe pull back. I'm not talking about Ole Miss's commitment class necessarily. I'm talking about all over the country. I think we're going to see a lot of musical chairs going on uh, in the days leading up to the early signing period. I think it's inevitable you're going to see that. And you're going to see programs like Ole Miss, uh, you know, all across the country, not specific to Ole Miss, find out that they're going to be able to get somebody better than what they thought they could get. And that's going to create a little bit of shuffling when it comes to commitment lists. And never mind, never mind what that transfer portal is going to look like. If we got time to talk about that really quickly, look, that's going to be wild, wild in December and January, because if you want to know the truth of the matter, you know, these seniors are getting an extra year. Some of them won't want to play again, Ben. Some of them are going to go, I've been on here on this campus and roster for five years. I got a good job opportunity. I'm going to go. I'm going to start my professional life. Some of them are going to want to come back, and they're not going to be wanted to come back. And that's just a a cold, hard truth. I mean, there's no sense in polishing this up. I mean, if you've got a, a rising sophomore waiting to get on the field, and a senior in front of him who should have just played his last year, coaches are going to be kind of faced with a situation of, do we want this senior back or do we want to risk losing this young kid coming up who's going to be my starter there for the next two years? Because if this cat comes back and plays another senior season, we're losing this sophomore that could be as good as him or if not better, and that could give us two to three years on the field. Uh and 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 that's a that's a situation that's going to have to be handled, Ben. And and you know nobody likes to talk about it like that. It's not pleasant, but it's the truth. Ten seconds. You feel most confident about Brandon Buckalter? Is that my big takeaway here? You know what? I'm going to tell you something. I kind of feel most confident right now about Luke Altmaier. And Buckalter would be a close second. Ooh. That's a good one to end on. Thank you, man. He's David hey, Johnson. I'm a quarterback. Yeah. But, but if you're a quarterback, Ben. Ben, who else would you want to play for? Seriously. No, I'm with you. I mean, if I am a pro-style quarterback, I'm playing for Lane Kiffin. I mean, you're going to put up video game numbers. Video numbers. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's Dave Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. My coworker at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. He covers recruiting. I don't. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. Anytime, Ben. Going to go now to the Modern Women phone line and speak to Brian Haydad. He covers Mississippi State for Super Talk. Since there's no game this Saturday for Ole Miss, the Texas A&M game is postponed. The next game is the Egg Bowl. It doesn't feel like the buildup to the Egg Bowl. Maybe that's a good thing. But before we jump to Brian, let me remind you, if you haven't already subscribed to Review Talk with Champions in iTunes, when you do, leave a five-star review. I don't care what you say. Just make sure it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit. So does David Johnson. OmSpirit.com. For the 247 Sports, Talk of Champions is powered by BNA Bank and Modern Woodman. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. Going to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to my friend. He won't say we're friends, but we're friends. It's Brian Haydad. He covers Mississippi State. Covers Mississippi State. Let me finish my intro, okay? Sure. Covers Mississippi State for Super Talk. We've been together a long time, but it's been a long time since you've been on this podcast. Hey, friend. What's up, man? First off, every time I'm on this podcast, you do this. Every time it's like, he won't say I'm his friend. I always say my friend, Ben Garrett. My friend, Ben Garrett. I say it every time. And yet, you'll go on Twitter and pretend Uh as if we're enemies. It's good for business. It's what's best for business. Is it? Is it? Because Twitter is not real life. No, No, it's definitely not. There's no question about that. Okay, well, if it works for you, I'm just looking out for your happiness. So as long as you're happy, I I, okay. I, I'm, I'm I'm pretty happy. Is Mississippi State happy right now? I haven't been they, paying attention. Full full disclosure, I really have not been paying attention to anything outside of Ole Miss because I've been sitting at home covering Ole Miss as everyone else has been doing, and um, yeah. you kind of get swamped by your own stuff that you don't really pay attention yeah. to anything else, but it seems like not so great over there right now. How's it going? It, it, it's, it's a hell of a thing. You know, you go back to week one and, and everybody's like, oh my God, is this what it's really going to be like? And the defense is actually pretty good. They might win eight or nine games. And here we are now, and I don't know if they'll score eight or nine points. 
Uh, and they are just, they have just been so, so bad and so stymied by what appears to be the most simple of defensive coverages. You know, it's something that I know Mike Leach has seen throughout his career and he's racked up numbers, but for whatever reason here at Mississippi state, it's not, it's not working right now. Is it going to work long-term? I think it will. I'm, I'm pretty sure it will, but right now, not great times here in Starkville. What do you make of all the player movement? Kylan Hill has been my guy ever since he was in high school. I love that kid. Yep. Hell of a player, and he's opted out, and he's not the only one. A lot of guys have left the program. What do you make of all of that? Well, I think it's it's just been condensed. And what I mean by that is, obviously losing Kylan Hill is a problem. That was your best offensive player. You wanted to keep him. In the one game State played good, he was incredible in that game against LSU. But when a new coach takes over, and he's taken over a situation where the, the old coach was was a bit uh, lax on discipline, there's always going to be attrition. The difference is it usually plays out from March through August. Well, State didn't have that, and nobody did, because there was no spring practice, there was no workouts in the summer to weed people out. You lost a couple of guys to the transfer portal, but there wasn't this mass ex- exodus. I honestly think if, if COVID never happens, most of the guys that they got run out uh, – would have left back in the summer and it wouldn't be that big a deal. But when they all come within a two week period in the middle of October, that's something that's unusual in college football. So um, this is sort of the leech template though. This is, this is how it's been for him at Texas tech and how it was for him at Washington state. He comes in, he weeds out a lot of guys and, you know, takes a year or so and then it gets going. We'll see if that holds here in Starville. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it will or not, but that's the template of his career so far. When State moved on from Moorhead and went to Leach, what was your initial reaction, and has it changed at all now that you've seen it for however many months we've been into this? Well, I knew, you know, the Moorhead situation is so interesting, right? Because he he went to two straight bowl games. He beat Ole Miss twice. I mean, normally that would be enough to keep a coach at Mississippi State for for his entire career. Um, But, you know, you knew that there were some some rumblings of – problems deeper you know within the uh, under the surface so when they decided to move on from him you know after the the the, uh, music city bowl where they played so terribly and you had you know i mean i guess we can call it a rumor because it was never officially confirmed but you know that willie gay and garrett schrader got into a fight and gay knocked schrader out and and knocked him out of the bowl game in doing so that you know john cohen just makes the decision i i gotta move on you know we we can't the the program is starting to crumble uh he wanted a, a guy for discipline Um, I don't think that Leach was his first choice. I mean, I know for a fact that he wasn't. I know that Joe Judge was, I think, the second choice, and Billy Napier was probably number one. Napier decided to pass, and now we'll see if he ends up with the job I think he wanted, which was at South Carolina, where he's going to compete with your boy. Um, And then you have Joe Judge, who all indications were he was going to be the next head coach in Mississippi State, and then the New York Giants came in and offered him an NFL head coaching job, and you can't really turn that down. And so then there was Mike Leach, and I, I think that was sort of something that was done. You know, they just reached out, engaged interest, and it just sort of went from there. And my first thought was, well, this guy has won everywhere he's been at two programs that are historically on par with Mississippi State, you know, perennial below average to average programs. He elevated both of those programs. Texas Tech has not been as good since he left. We'll see what Washington State becomes. Uh, you know, and his now obviously the the biggest thing was going to be the system. You know, state has never been a passing team, always been a team that's identity was was deeply ingrained in the run. And I knew there was going to be a transition there. I thought going into the season, and I told everybody that hey, this team is going to struggle, 
they'll score points, but I think the defense is going to be really bad. Well, the defense has been outstanding this year. Zach Arnett, that's a guy who, honestly, I'll be surprised if he's at state next year. With with the, you got to figure that LSU is going to open up as a defensive coordinator. Florida might look to get rid of Todd Grantham. Even Alabama might look to move on. He's going to be a big name for those. But the defense has been really good. But offensively, Leach has. I mean, this is the worst stretch of his career. It's it's unprecedented that it doesn't, he's never coached offense this bad. It leads into my next question. Then the most disappointing thing would be the offense into, as an extension to that, K.J. Costello, because he came in with such high expectations and he performed so well in week one. And, you know, you go to week two, and I think his fourth pass of the game turns into a pick six, which was his fourth interception of the year. He ends up throwing, I think he's got 13 interceptions on the season. Um, yeah, I mean, week one, he, he jumped into the Heisman talk. People were like, Hey, you know, bet now while the value is still good because if he's going to keep putting up numbers like this, I mean, he Ben he 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 set the SEC single game passing record, which it stood yeah. for I think twenty seven years, and he put eighty yards on it. So I mean that that record legitimately could stand for another 30, 40 years. Yeah. That's going to be a great <laughs> yeah that's a, quiz one night one offs yeah. ever. What a trivia question: Who holds the SEC single game passing record? Not Danny Werfel, <laughs> not Johnny Manziel. Not Cam Newton, not Tim Tebow, KJ Costello, and yeah, and then it just it just sort of fell. I, I said on the, my podcast, I thought he might have been injured. He looked like he lost some zip on some passes. He definitely lost all of his confidence. Um, he started forcing the ball. Mississippi State's offensive line has just been a train wreck this season. Uh, they, they they don't offer any kind of protection for him or for Will Rogers, who who I I believe is going to be starting the rest of the way. It's just been something that, like I said, you know, the word I used a few seconds ago, unprecedented. I've never seen a team collapse the way this one has. I mean, even go back to the Arkansas game, they threw for over 400 yards in that game. So, I mean, they just they had some some red zone problems, and, of course, they had some turnovers. But the offense moved the ball in that game. Since then, they haven't even been able to move the ball. Now they're on three straight games under 300 yards of total offense. And so, yeah, it's 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 just painful to watch. You know, you look at Ole Miss – and they, I know they've won two in a row, but I mean they're three and four, but they're at least they're exciting, right? They're interesting. They they move the football up and down the field. Their games are fun to watch. State's games are are not fun to watch. They're they're just, I mean you have to really want to watch Mississippi State right now as a casual fan to tune into their games. What does this all mean then for the Egg Bowl? It's very strange because Ole Miss was supposed to play Texas A&M this weekend. It gets postponed because of all the COVID mess, and usually. In a normal year, every year, the regular season ends with the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And yet, after this game, Ole Miss is at least going to get LSU and might get LSU and Texas A&M. State season won't yeah. be over either. So this is a very strange, weird time. No Thanksgiving game. What does this all mean for the Egg Bowl? Because usually you and I do these build-ups to the Egg Bowl. We have some fun with each other. This yeah. just feels different. I, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. It feels just different. No. I mean, both teams are going to have, it looks like, two games after the Egg Bowl, which, you know, the last time there was a game, a regular season game after the Egg Bowl was after 9-11. And, and you know, that was the 2001 season. And even that was only one game. This is two. And, I mean, if some, you know, I don't know what's going to happen between now and Friday. If State Georgia could get canceled, they could have three games after the Egg Bowl. Um, don't think that's going to happen, but it could. Um, as far as what it means for the game, I mean – it's so interesting because state is so bad offensively and Ole Miss is so, so bad. bad. <laughs> but 
State is not equipped to do the thing to Ole Miss that hurts them. They can't run the football. They, I mean, they literally cannot run the football at all. I, I think the leading rusher on the season is the, the true freshman, Jaquavius Marks. And I, I don't know that he's over 200 yards rushing on the season. I'd have to double-check that. State has had, had a couple games this year where they – I don't think they've had a single game where they've been over 50 yards rushing. Now, that doesn't bother you when you're throwing for 623. That's fine. But when you throw for, you know, 188, that, that's a little bit of a problem. Um, so I don't know how State's going to attack Ole Miss. I assume Ole Miss will do the uh, – I'm looking up the, the stat. I have to know now because it got me thinking about it. Yeah, Marks has 131 yards on the year. Oh, my God. I mean, Kyle Hill rushed for that in the Egg Bowl last year. I'm oh, sure I remember. It, it was something yeah. uh, along those lines, yeah. Let me put it to you like this, Ben. If, if we're not – we don't take sacks into account – Right now, you are you and I are both tied for MSU's fourth leading rusher. Oh my God. We're only fifty-two yards off third. If we could somehow get fifty-two <laughs> yards rushing, if I could sneak on the field and break off a long run, which I can't, I could be the third leading rusher at Mississippi State for twenty for twenty twenty. Um so I don't know how state's gonna attack Ole Miss. Because Ole Miss, like I said, I, I just assume they'll they'll do the same thing that that other everybody else has done. They'll they'll rush three, they'll drop eight into coverage. Ole Miss hasn't been great against the pass, but I think a lot of that is set up by the fact that they have to sell out so much against the run. You don't have to sell out against the run against Mississippi State. They don't run the football. State, Marks has thirty seven carries on the year. Through through you know seven through seven games. So yeah, this is. It's just weird. It's the most I, unique I season ever. It's the most unique season ever, and it's only appropriate that the Egg Bowl then uh, kind of gets enveloped in that. And that's yeah. why it's been strange, you know, to see the state and local papers start their typical Egg Bowl stories. And and I'm just kind of rolling my eyes at that. Now we're doing a podcast about this, but more, yeah. more or less that this isn't what you're used to doing with the Egg Bowl. The, what we, we're expecting to get with Lane Kiffin – and Mike Leach and the buildup and two programs we thought before the year would be fun. Even if they weren't very good, they'd be fun. And this would be a nationally mm-hmm. interesting game. Now it just feels like a game. The Egg Bowl does not feel like yeah. it has any significance. Oh, other it feels than, like the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Two bad teams. This is all the winner's really going to have. You know, Ole Miss, likely, if their last three games, they'll, they're, I think they're going to beat State right now. If you told me to pick, I'd pick Ole Miss. And they could probably beat – they have a chance to beat LSU. Even if they don't, so they, at four wins, they're probably going to a bowl. At four, they're going to a bowl. At five, they're definitely going. Oh, yeah. So they have something to play for in there. Um, state, I mean, I saw a bowl projection that still had State in it because there are, there are no requirements this year. And if ever a team needed bowl practices, it's Mississippi State. They need the reps. Um, but, yeah, this this game this year – I'll put it like this. Every year I make a, a donation to the Palmer home when, when Super Talk does its radiothon. And I've, I've worked there for two years, right? State's won the last two Egg Bowls. I have sort of themed my, my donation around what the score of the Egg Bowl is, basically to taunt Richard Cross and, and your boy Will East. And, you know, last year I made the comment that, you know, oh, well, I, had, I couldn't donate as much this year. Hopefully Leach and Kiffin can fix that. I don't know that they will. I don't know that this game is going to be – I think it's going to be an ugly football game. State's good enough defensively to keep Ole Miss from just exploding, I think. But I don't know what State's going to do. I mean, if you told me the final score of this game was like 28-10 to 10 Ole Miss, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised by that. We'll get right back to Brian Haydad. 
on the Modern Woodman phone line in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Believe it, the return of Ole Miss football has arrived. The Rebels are playing. Really, it's happening. But as exciting a time as it is, make sure you're staying safe, and that includes trusting that your pharmacy has you taken care of. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard, that's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Stay safe, enjoy some football, and make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Do you like the one-year reprieve, though, from the build-up to it? It, it just de-emphasizing the Egg Bowl, at least. If it's only a year, it's only yeah. a year. But at least for this year, it's de-emphasized to where you're just not seeing the same Why response online. Why don't we just online. take the trophy away, huh, Ben? Is that what you want to do next? No, not necessarily. I'm just saying that it does make you realize that all of this back and forth over the last, God, 10 years, once it's been put in this place, it's indirectly happen but anyway it's been put in this place it's kind of nice it's kind of nice that you just don't see the same craziness that you're it, used it to is, seeing it is but i would much rather these teams have been good well yeah and and you know we were looking at a, a football game that had some meaning and we, you know we were talking about this you know this is going to be a rivalry that you know could eclipse the iron bowl in, in years to come you know something like that i would much rather it be like that to be honest with you i would much rather us you know be talking about, man, this is going to be a heck of a football game and, you know, can't wait to see it. And then as opposed to, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's probably going to be ugly. It wasn't I, I, that, that long ago that it was like that. Oh, yeah. That was probably the most fun because both yeah. teams, it mattered. I mean, it was, it was, meant something to them. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, 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 it was, but we seem to have somehow gotten back there. And, you know, what, what's funny is, is from a perception standpoint anyway, it feels like Ole Miss is on the way up now. Feels like Kiffin has got things going a little quicker now. Obviously, they've got to fix things defensively, but if you just from a perception standpoint, if you said who's better, everybody's going to say Ole Miss. Yeah, but offensively, I don't care who Ole Miss lines up against. I thought they were improving because of better efforts against Arkansas and Auburn and against Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt's just absolutely atrocious. Um, I thought yeah, that really, they had yeah. Of course, they only had two hundred yards of offense against them. Jeez. But I thought that Ole Miss had made some progress enough to where they weren't good and they weren't even average, but they just weren't completely awful that they could build on that and at least provide some resistance. But now after South Carolina, which put up three points and 150 yards of offense and a 48-3 to loss to Texas A&M and did whatever they wanted to, and everybody knew what they wanted to do, give Kevin Harris the ball, Throw the ball to Shy Smith in the past game. That's all they wanted to do, and almost knew it, and it could do like, nothing about it. So if State, even if they're bad, I fully expect State to score thirty. It felt it felt like that was like some sort of three A high school's offensive game plan that had like two good players. Yes, we're gonna get the ball to them as much as we can. We're just gonna run toss sweeps and hope for the <laughs> best. And it worked. It worked. It, I remember watching the game. I was just like, 
if I'm Mike Bobo, I would never have thrown the football in the second half. What was he doing? I think it was late in the game. In the air. Yeah, it was late in the yeah. game, and they had the ball, I think, down three or down a touchdown. I can't remember. Down and three. he tries to throw then, the ball. Why? I was like, I said, the only way the ball would be in the air is on a toss sweep. That's yeah. the only way the ball's not getting handed off if I'm if I was calling plays. But and that's what bad teams do. And that's why Will Muschamp isn't the head coach. And now Mike Bobo is the head coach. Can't wait to see how that that turns out if that game's if their games even get played. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's sort of the thing I've been hearing from Ole Miss people is, you know, gosh, I know y'all have been saying state has struggled offensively, but we're so bad defensively. I, you'll, you'll probably do something. I'm telling you right now, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> that's bad, huh? You, you, they had 200. What was, what was the exact number? I think it was 205 to Vanderbilt. Oh God. 205 yards of offense. Vanderbilt's I mean, how, how is that even possible? They're, they're, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, State had 226 yards and negative 22 yards rushing in this game for 204 yards. They gave up 478 yards of offense, 31st downs, because, and I, I don't blame the defense for that because it just was three and out, three and out, three and out, and you can only do so much. But State, thankfully, forced five turnovers. That's the only reason they won the game. Were you surprised? By Will Muschamp getting kicked to the curb. I know that they wanted to get rid of him. Yeah. But Fifteen million in this era of COVID. In this and everywhere. year, yeah. COVID year. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I said, I've been saying a lot through the season. Season, I don't think any coaches are going to get fired because it's just going to be you know these people have these massive buyout. I am hopeful that one for athletics that one thing that comes of this 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 pandemic is there's some more fiscal responsibility and they stop extending mm. coaches and, and, and redoing contracts just to redo them when you're only bidding. Again. Who was, who was, Will, who are you locking Will Muschamp up from? Who was knocking on his door? Buddy, Ole Miss is paying four defensive coordinators right now. Right. It, it, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. And you got to find a way to rework clauses to go like, Hey, you know, fired for cause usually means you did something with the NCAA or you had a crime or something like that. Fired for cause should include losing. We we pay you to win games. If you're two and ten, we should be able to fire you and not owe you anything. Or if you're a defensive coordinator like Wesley McGriff and you have an historically mm-hmm. awful defense, like numbers in the yes. contract. If you hit this as far as this is where you end up in total defense, yeah, buyouts drops to nothing. Wesley McGriff's greatest crime was trying to wear a large shirt every weekend. <laughs> like, dude, blouse that thing uh. a little bit for God's sakes. Do you think there'll be any like other changes? Even breathe. Do you think there'll be any you know other that? changes in the SEC? Because I, I think Ed Orgeron's headed toward getting fired, especially after that bombshell report about sexual assault. That he's in trouble, but they'll get. I mean, he just won the national title last year. He's not getting fired this year. They'll see what happens next year. Um, then Hugh Freeze I, is I, waiting I, for I, that at LSU. Oh God, mm-hmm. <laughs> that'd be so funny. Um, I, I, I really want Freeze to get the South Carolina job. Just so that Mullen has to go, God, dog it, I can't believe it. Because <laughs> you, know, you just can't get rid of the guy. Um, I mean, yeah, it's Kirby Smart on one side and Hugh Freeze on the other. That is, That feels like Dan Mullen's worst nightmare. I, I mean, the only other one, the guy I thought might be on the hot seat, and I really thought he was going to be, was Gus Malzahn. Um, but then they, when they crushed LSU, it sort of changed things a little bit. But, I mean, they still have to play Alabama. If they drop another game in there, he, I mean – could be in trouble, but that's all. Again, that's probably like another twenty million dollars. Is Auburn going to come up with that? I don't know. Jeremy Pruitt. I think I, the comment I made was: I think Tennessee just got done paying off Derek Dooley, 
and I think they're still play, paying Butch Jones. And do they really want to go underneath again for another $20 million? I don't know. They might just get through this year and see what happens. He does have like a top five class rec- committed. Maybe, maybe just see what happens. Does it feel inevitable that Hugh Freeze is going to get back in the SEC? Yes, 100%. I think, I mean, we had this discussion on Sports Talk the other day, but, you know, he, he's been out for five years. I mean, at what point do you say, okay, that he's done his penance? I hate to use religious terms with him, but, you know, at what, time, at what point do you say, okay, he's been he, he's done enough. He's been gone long enough. If somebody wants to hire him, they can hire him. You know, because the NCAA will have an eye on him anyway. You don't have to – if he's out there, you know, cheating or something like that, then he'll get caught because the NCAA will certainly be looking at him. But, you know, you'll see if, he, if he's learned from his mistakes. Him at LSU would be a good fit just because if LSU brings in a top five class, nobody bats an eyelash. Will Wade is still the head coach of LSU basketball, yeah. and we know everything yeah. that's going on with that program. It just feels like it's almost selective with the NCAA. It's crazy how that works. Here we go. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know how many hey, conversations I can't say anything. Yeah. But you know how many conversations you and I have had about Freeze. And Freeze came Lots. on this podcast before the season started. It was a good conversation, yeah. I'll be honest with you. And uh we talked about it and hammered out a lot of things. I've come around, and, and I mentioned this because this was a topic on the podcast earlier this week. I have come around to I remember telling you that Freeze was calling around or telling people around town after he'd gotten fired, he didn't understand why almost didn't stand with him. Yeah. And that sounded so insane, so delusional. And I've come around to agreeing with them. Really? Yeah. And the reason well, I, why is I because thought of that Ross. If he had, if you hadn't had the uh, extracurriculars on the phone records, that he still he was gonna he was gonna they were gonna keep him. They were gonna they, they were not gonna let him go for the NCAA stuff. They were gonna they were they were committed to fight through that. But then this the other thing happened, and you just you can't you can't keep that around. But, See, but I feel like Ross used that oh, to get the outcome. Sure. He wanted to isolate himself, insulate himself, because Ross knew that he wasn't going to be at Ole Miss long-term, so he wanted to make it look like he was the clean and good one. Right. Yeah, he was the right one in this whole deal, and he got Texas A&M. So effectively, it was self-preservation, but that's what it's about for all these ADs and coaches. I get that, uh, but it now makes yeah. me change my mind in regards to, yeah, Ole Miss should have just stuck with him. Why not? I mean, they stuck by him with all the other stuff. Everything yeah. else. Why yeah. then? Why then? Hey, it could have easily played it off as, you know, for redemption. I made a terrible mistake. My family has forgiven me. I hope that you'll forgive me. I'll, and I never had, you could, you could have sold it. But I've said this, Ole Miss fans should pat themselves on the back. It was an online push. Keith, you got to hire Lane Kiffin. This is the guy we want. Keith, listen to them. Cause the nightmare scenario is coming true. Hugh Freeze mm-hmm. is coming back into the SEC. And if mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin wasn't fun, Lane Kiffin was the only one that could soften the blow or allow Ole Miss fans to not even pay attention to whatever Hugh Freeze does once he does get another SEC job, which I think will be Tennessee. I think he'll wait because South Carolina, that's not quite what he wants. He wants Tennessee and, or he yeah. could get LSU. I, I don't think I think Billy Napier is going to South Carolina. I'm with you on that. One. I do too. I do too. I think that's why he didn't take the state job last year. He, I think yeah. he felt South And he's, he's from South Carolina too, so yeah, native son kind of thing. I will say. Mm-hmm. And just play this out with me before I let you go. Because yeah. I've asked every single guest this question, and they've all had different answers to it. So Lane Kiffin wins out. I don't think he's going to win out, but just play it out here. He wins out. Six and what four at Ole Miss. Yeah. And one of these big jobs like Texas comes open. Mm-hmm. Is Lane well, Kiffin guessed. one and done? Yeah. 
At Texas? For Texas, yes. Is there another job other than a Texas? A Michigan? Boy, Michigan would never hire him. You know, you know, Michigan is just too yeah. to smell on their own farts, <laughs> pretentious to 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 hire to hire Lane Kiffin. So no, not Michigan. People have floated Hugh Freeze to Michigan. I'm like, do y'all not remember how Michigan no. fans reacted to Hugh Freeze? No, no, absolutely not. The only the other job I think that's like a big job that could come open is USC, but he's sort of been there and done that. That's what Nick Suss said, and he made a really good point. The perfect candidate for USC now is Lane Kiffin. Yeah, it's oh, like, I agree. Yeah, it's like the breakup, Bring the movie The Breakup. It's it's just yeah. not the, yeah, it's not the right or time. Or would he now, go or... the other way? I don't how how many years has Chip Kelly been at UCLA? That's the one I floated. Lose. Yeah, that's what I floated. But is UCLA really a program you want to jump to? That seems like a dead end job at this point. Yeah, but it's still it's still got enough working for it that a, a coach like Lane Kiffin could probably win there. All I'm saying when I do bring up this scenario, I don't think it's going to happen. If Lane did leave, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hugh Freeze coming back to Ole Miss. Boom! There you go! <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? And I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole. I'm not going to name any names, but somebody threw out, can you imagine if you know Leach just up and said, it's just not working. It's just not working here. I don't want to deal with this any longer. Don't I'm do leaving. this. Don't do what you're about to do. Can you imagine? Can you uh, imagine him here? No. Hmm. The press conferences would be fun. Oh, my God. I know you really, really well. And the yeah. many private conversations we had about Hugh Freeze. Yes. I would love it just for what you would have to deal with. I would just have to put a clothespin on my nose while I talk. That would <laughs> be all right. Uh, he's Brian Haydad. He covers Mississippi State for Super Talk. It was no an AEW bowl. talk? Do what? No AEW talk? Man, I haven't watched wrestling in two years now. Oh, come on, man. Get back in. AEW is a quality product. I, I hear that, but I just don't know if I have the energy anymore. Just You just, like, what, today is Wednesday, right, as we're recording. Yes. Watch, watch it tonight and just see what you think. Will I know what's going on? You can catch up pretty quick. I mean, you know you know who Jericho is. You know who John Moxley is. Yeah. You know who Cody Rhodes is. Yeah. He's Cody Rhodes again. Oh, that's so, nice. Yeah, he won that lawsuit, evidently. Ooh. So, uh. Yeah, give it give it a try. I think you'll enjoy it. If they come back that way, if they come back around like they they were in Memphis uh, this past January, which feels like it was ten years ago. Yes, you can go with us. Who was us? It was me, uh, Joel Coleman, and Robbie Falk. We had a really good time. I mean, if it was just you, eh, we were, Joel we Coleman, were one okay. one row off of ringside. Was Kenny Omega oh, there? Oh, he, he it was the first match was uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus uh, Private Party. Bullet Club, they there? What the Young Bucks? Are the Young Bucks there? Yeah, the Young Bucks were not at that that event. I don't believe. No, they weren't. <sighs> I told myself I'd never we, get back in. We had Cody and Dustin Rhodes versus uh, the Lucha Brothers too. That was a fantastic match. No one's listening to this podcast for this. They're bored out of their mind now. Who cares? You just said we, we got a podcast. We can do whatever we want. It's true. It's Brian Haydad. He covers Mississippi State for Super Talk. Brian Haydad on Twitter. Hey. Thanks, buddy. Love you. Hey, you know you said you're covering these games from the house? Yeah. Uh, next week. What about next you week? You better be in that press box. No, I won't be there. Come on now. Come see your friend. I'll be there in spirit. No. Yeah. Not except. Bye, buddy. Bye. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.